What's good, y'all? What's popping? Welcome back to another episode of the We Hate Sports Podcast, episode 98. Y'all, we are only two episodes out from that Golden 100 episode, and I cannot wait, and I hope y'all can't either. I'm the moderator, Desi, and y'all are feeling a little down because my Buffalo Bills lost not only another game, but another division game. Josh Allen looked terrible, as much as I hate to say it. But they can't stop my happiness. From my Louisiana State University Tigers beating Alabama Crimson Tide. And I told all of y'all this was going to happen. But y'all said I was delusional. They proved me right. Let's go ahead and introduce the rest of the crew. Starting with our two hosts. DC. Good thing my name is not y'all. Because I did not say y'all win nor lose. I did say always expect the unexpected. Any given Saturday and Sunday. Speaking of Sundays, my team played on Thursday, but guess what? We're still the only undefeated, so it is a victory Monday for your boy PC, the best team in the NFL, I guess you could say officially now. Um, I'm just having a great day. I've, I've had a pretty productive day. I'm in a good mood. All right, next. PK and Cam, I can't say you were the only one. Well, uh... I don't know about the Eagles being the best team in the NFL. I mean, you guys are undefeated, well-deserved. But um, PCI, to say, that's the Miami Dolphins. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to We Hate Sports. Another great week. My, my Broncos didn't play this week, but we are still riding because technically we did. We're still technically, you know, winners this week because we didn't lose. So, you know, Broncos country. Yeah, the fans said it, guys. The fans said it. I don't need to. Anyways, how's Miami? Never mind. All right, next, I guess we'll go ahead and introduce the rest of the kids, starting with my G-Man, Gianni. Um, today been a great day. Um, I feel that um, the Eagles being 9-0 or 8-0 right now, that's, like, perfect right now. Everything's going well. Um, hopefully, we can get a W on Monday night. All right, now the biggest battle of my Tigers, Sean. I'm right here to talk about the Tigers. Xavier McKinney, Plaxico Burris, Jason Pierre-Paul. For some reason, Giants players do not know how to protect their limbs. Oh, my God. Prayers up to Xavier McKinney. Hand injury in the bye week. Somehow we lost the bye week. I don't know how that's even possible, but <sighs> one of the worst weeks of the Giants season so far. Okay, so, Lou. Good evening. We hate Sports Nation. How's everyone doing? I'm happy my Ravens are currently up against the Saints right now. Isaiah Likely is literally him. We literally have Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. We have Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez 2.0. And you guys are going to love it. And second of all, we have we, the Philadelphia Phillies lost. You guys had one job to defeat the Astros. You couldn't do it. But you know what's good about the Phillies losing? That I get to troll Roderick. Roderick doesn't get to be happy and I love that I get to continue to troll Roderick all he did was put that stupid Phillies hat on throughout the whole week and where's the Phillies hat now Roderick where is it where is it I've nowhere to be found Roderick nowhere you had one job you failed the Phillies it's, will it's never right there to the world it's, it's literally ever right again. there Ever again. Go see it. Why aren't you wearing it? Why aren't you wearing it? Why aren't you wearing it, Roderick? Why? I you never wear it unless it's Sick Wall Central. We, All right. What? Okay. You lost. You 
stink. The Phillies will never make it to the World Series ever again. Ever. And now all you have to worry about is the Eagles making it to the Super Bowl. That's your only hope, Roderick. The Diamondbacks fan speaking to me, by the way. In Kansas defense, the Phillies did at least get two games off. Nah, they should have won. He said he was gonna. He said they were gonna win it all. They didn't win it. Hey, that was all. I mean, head. it's not a it's not a participation award. We don't get. We don't. Yeah, we don't, all don't, they, all right. they won two games. All right. The pace all right. He let the cheating Astros. More than the Yankees said. Unreal. Unreal. But we could talk about that in Football Central. Did you really say you have Aaron Hernandez 2.0? No, I said. Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely is Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez 2.0, but without all the you-know-what. I can't sure. say it. It's for sure. All right, y'all. Now let's get into what we're discussing this week. First, um, we're going to um, – our first segment is the WHS Pick'em uh, Week 10. After that, we'll have our three questions. Then we'll have Stickball Central with Gianni, where he goes over baseball. After that, we'll have TK Steelers, where he does his three does and three L's. Then it's CSB Talk with Sean, where he goes over college football. My personal favorite segment of um, the show, which is Hot Takes. And then last but not least, Cam's Monologue. We got a few things to unpack, y'all. But first, if you're not already, follow our socials at WHS underscore podcast on Twitter and IG. And at We Hate Sports all jammed together on TikTok and YouTube. Now let's get the ball rolling with our first segment, which is WHS Pick'em Week 10. Cam, you're first. Up to go first. TK, TK, can you come on? Can you come on real quick? Because I need you to answer me a question. TK, you know I love you, right? Yeah. You had Jalen Ramsey literally calling out the offense for how bad it's been. Um, you know, and on Cardinal side, it's not much better. You lose to the divisional rival in the Seahawks. Um, but what I am expecting here is uh, DeAndre Hopkins um, just star game where he goes off for like 130 yards with two touchdowns. And that's going to be enough for the Cardinals to pick up the victory because I don't think this Rams offense is waking up. So that'll be my upset for this week. You know, I wanted to be petty because I actually didn't have the Broncos and Titans as one of my picks, PC. And, then, you know, I wanted to be petty after you said the Titans were going to beat the Broncos and then just give you this whole analogy of why, of all the reasons of why we will win. But you know what? I'm not going to do that this week. Just know the Broncos are going to beat the Titans, all right? And we're going to slow down Derrick Henry, and we're going to completely tear up Malik Willis or Tamarian Tannehill. But with my first pick of the week, um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins over the Browns, man. Um, Dolphins, I believe, in, in my opinion, are the best team in the NFL, bro. When they, uh, If... Especially offensively, bro. I don't think there's a team that's stopping what they have as far as their wide receivers. And then, you know, adding a guy like Wilson to pair him with Mostert. Um, and then the just just how great Tua has been playing this year, man. Um, I believe the Dolphins are the best team in the NFL. So give me the Dolphins over the Browns. Um, still no Deshaun Watson. The Browns look a mess right now. And um, yeah, I expect the Dolphins to easily win that game. Uh, for number two, I'm gonna go with the Niners over the Chargers. Um, 
Chargers keep finding these ways. And, and Sean, I, you you were one of those people that said the Chargers were gonna win the AFC West. Yeah, yeah. Don't turn around. I'm talking to you, bud. You were the you were the only one to pick the Chargers to win the AFC West, man. Um, I would love to know how you feel about that now, but we'll have that on we'll we'll have that conversation later. Um, on the t- on the tier list. Um, but yeah, give me the Niners over the Chargers. I really like what they have with CMC. Um, I'm not sure if Debo Samuel is back, but if he is back, man, that's just another weapon that they can add. Um on that offense. I believe Elijah Mitchell was uh took off the A. I think he was took taken off the AR IR list today, if I'm not mistaken. Um so yeah, man, that just this 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 offense is just continuing to add weapons, bro. We already know what the defense uh is like and um I just think that they're gonna absolutely destroy the charges, bro. Um for my upset, um I personally don't care how this person feels about it. Um I understand this team doesn't lose two games in a row very often, but um, it's going to happen this Sunday. Give me the Vikings over the Bills. Um, look, man, the Vikings, the, 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 the Bills defense got really exposed, man. And here's my issue. You got exposed by Zach Wilson. You didn't get exposed by an elite quarterback. You got exposed by Zach Wilson. I don't know what you're shaking your head for because your defense got exposed. Your corners looked trash. Everything, your, de- your secondary was garbage. I mean, it, it just looked awful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's exactly what the Vikings are going to do into the end zone because you have nobody to stop Justin Jefferson, sweetheart. So, yeah, um, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be very close, guys. Uh, we might get an overtime in this one, but I do expect the Vikings to win by a field goal. Uh, give me the give me the Vikings over the Bills, 26 to 23. Um, it's going to be a great game, but I do expect the Vikings to win this one and keep the high streak that they're going on. And after the game, we will see uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins on the plane, on the jet, actually, because it's not a plane. They're rich over there. On the plane with the, you know, with the chains, you know, doing his thing when they win over the Bills. There you go. Um, for my first lock of the week, I'm going to go with the Chiefs over the Jaguars. I think the Chiefs are going to roll um, by um, the Jaguars. And it's going to be like a three-score game. So my second lock is going to be the, um, the Eagles over the Commanders. I think, in my opinion, this is going to be a game that I think the Eagles win by two scores, maybe by 17. Washington's um, I got it going with a three-game winning streak. And then they came back to earth. So they're going to start losing games again. And for my upset of the week, I was going to go with, you know, the Vikings over the Bills. But my upset of the week is going to be Cleveland over Miami. Miami's defense has been a mess. I'm not sure if you guys know their stats. They're giving up 30 points per game, the Miami Dolphins defense. They gave up 32 against the, the Bears. They gave up um, 27 against the, the Lions. I feel like this is a trend that's going to keep popping up. It's going to be a shootout. But I think the Browns um, somehow win by a late score. And I, I, just, I just see uh, Miami getting upset here because that defense is garbage. All right. Um, I'm going to go with, for my upset of the week, a team that definitely should not be the underdogs in this game. Well, I, don't, I don't get why the Seahawks aren't favored over the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have looked absolutely terrible this year. Tom Brady's looking like he's taking a massive decline. Defense isn't the same. Byron Leftwich probably needs to be fired as their offensive coordinator. Offensive line is terrible. There's no reason the Buccaneers should be favored in this game. The Seahawks are an easy upset pick for my locks of the week. I think I did this the last two weeks. It's coming for the third week in a row. The Philadelphia Eagles, once again, are playing absolutely nobody's. 
who could have guessed that the Eagles are playing an easy matchup? Not me. I, I would have never guessed that. So, yes, they are going to be my lock of the week because of how easy of a schedule they face. So they play the Commanders, another easy dub for the fraud Philadelphia Eagles. My other lock of the week is going to be my New York Giants. We're coming off the bye week. We did just uh, we did just lose Xavier McKinney. That's a big loss. He's been a great safety for us this season. That's going to be a massive hit to the defense. But it's still the Houston Texans. I trust Saquon Barkley. I trust the offensive line. I trust the defense to be able to come out of this game with a W. Just got to shut down Damian Pierce. I'm going to say my two locks of the week. I think the 49ers are going to defeat the Los Angeles Chargers because I think the 49ers with Christian McCaffrey is just unstoppable because Tristan McCaffrey, in my opinion, is the best running back in the league when he's healthy. Yes, he's better than Saquon Barkley, and I love Saquon Barkley, Sean. That's my first lock. My second lock, the Cowboys, I think they're going to beat, destroy the Packers in Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers, you look disgustingly bad. Like, it's not even fair. I know you lost Devontae Adams and all, but damn, Aaron Rodgers, you do not look like Aaron Rodgers right now. You look like as Someone used to say Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Okay, that's no, that's my second lot. And my upset is my huge upset is the Lions are going to come into Chicago and defeat the Chicago Bears because Justin Fields. I know you had a good game last last week, and Justin Fields had had a bounce back year. But Aiden Hutchinson, after picking off Aaron Rodgers, Aiden Hutchinson is going to get to Justin Fields all day, all game. He's going to make Justin Fields run for his life every single down, every single snap. So I think the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Football Lions, will go into Chicago, so into Soldier Field, and beat. The Chicago Bears. All right, Sean, that's time to move on to our next segment, which is our questions. And our first question is for PC, CK, and Gianni. Yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Tennessee Titans 20 to 17 and overtime to improve to 6 and 2 and top the first place Bills in the AFC. Are the Chiefs asking too much of Patrick Mahomes? First, I will go with TK. Give your thoughts on it. All right. So, really, I'm going to just answer this question um, with stats, all right? So, I'm going to just read his stats to y'all for those who didn't know, for the listeners, and for those of you on the show who don't know, all right? So, Patrick Mahomes yesterday, all right? It's the Tennessee Titans. 43 of 68. I'm going to I'm gonna repeat that, all right? 43 of 68. 446 yards, a touchdown, an INT, and a rushing touchdown. So the question was, are they asking too much of Patrick Mahomes? Anybody who says they're not, um, you you just don't you don't you don't need to watch the game of football and you really don't need to have conversations when it comes to to football, quite honestly. Because PC and Gianni, since since it's you two answering the question with me, I'm gonna ask you a question. Can you ever remember a time where Patrick Mahomes or really any elite quarterback in the NFL had to throw the ball 68 times for a 20 to 17 victory. I don't think that's ever, I don't think that's ever happened. I'm, I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes set the record last night for most attempts in the game. bro. Like when did he ever have to do, 
When did he ever have to do that with Tyreek Hill? He never had to do that, bro. So I kind of look at it two different ways, PC and Gianni, all right? So on one hand, I think it's absolutely too much from a quarterback because of what I just asked you guys. We've never had a situation where an elite quarterback, Josh Allen doesn't have to do it. Lamar Jackson doesn't have to do it. Uh, Kyler Murray doesn't have to do it. None of these other quarterbacks are throwing the ball 68 times to get a 20 to 17 victory. All right. So I look at it from two ways, bro. On the one hand, I think it's too much, but on the other hand, we all claim and we all believe Patrick Mahomes is probably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, correct? We all believe that Patrick Mahomes, if it's not Josh Allen or if it's not Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, correct? So on one hand, like I said, I say yes, but on the other hand, it's like Patrick Mahomes, we kind of we kind of expect this from you, bro. Like this is kind of what you're gonna have to do without Tyreek Hill. Now, this is what this is what life is going to look like from here on out without Tyreek Hill. You're going to have your really good games where it's going to look like you don't need them. And then you're going to have these games where it comes down to the wire against a team like the Titans, where yesterday before they got the victory, I believe he was one in six against the Titans or one in eight or something like that in his entire career against the Titans. Move on. Sorry. Against the Titans in his, uh, in his entire career. Um, you're going to have games like this sometimes where it's going to look like, damn, he really, uh, I, I think Patrick Mahomes really does miss Tyreek. And look what Tyreek Hill is doing over there in Miami, bro. He's got two looking like a top five quarterback in the NFL. He's he's the leading riders. He's the leading passing yard leading passing yard wide receiver in the NFL as far as passing yards. Um, his touchdowns are pretty low. I think it's only like two or three, but that's not that really doesn't matter when you're the leading wide receiver as far as passing yards and as far as passing uh, receiving yards in the NFL. Um, so yeah. So to answer the question, I do think that they're expecting too much from Patrick Mahomes, but unfortunately, I think this is some games are some games are going to have to be like this for Patrick Mahomes, where he's throwing the ball up. I don't think it'll be 68 times, 70 times, but I think he's going to have to throw the ball up 40, 50 times some games. And um, there's going to be some games where we're, where, we're, where we're seriously questioning, are they are they using Patrick Mahomes too much or or or? Too less, and um, honestly, like I said, I just expect this to be the norm for passing Mahomes. There's going to be games that look really good, and there's going to be games um, against some tough opponents where it looks like this as well. And I think when it gets to the playoffs is when it's really going to matter. And honestly, man, um, anybody who had the uh, Kansas City Chiefs going to the Super Bowl this year, man, I think you might want to think twice against that because we can see what happens when you pressure Patrick Mahomes and you have to force him to run, man. Honestly, the Titans could have easily won this game. They, I, I believe, the Titans more so lost this game than the Chiefs won this game, but. Yeah, I do. I do think that the Chiefs are asking too much of Patrick Mahomes. All right, PC. Um, yeah, I mean, TK hit pretty much every point I was going to mention. Like, you, in a scenario where you have to throw a ball, where you have to throw the ball sixty-eight times in order to win the football game, I get Andy Reid. He's always been an offensive, you know, minded head coach, and you know, he's always been a pretty much a mad scientist when it comes to creating plays for his quarterback, but look at their backfield. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Isaiah uh, Pachetto, who, uh, the rookie out of Rutgers, who has been good for them this season. You have Jared McKinnon as well, who's a good receiving running back. There should be no reason why you have to throw the ball 68 times in one game. You know, I don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes back there or, you know, a random like like Rex Grossman back there, man. Like that that's not sustainable. 
if you want to win football games in the NFL. And yes, the Chiefs got away with it, you know, on Sunday night because they were taking on a Titans team that was, you know, just coming into their own. Because Malik Willis, I think we can all officially say now at this point, Malik Willis definitely fits better in that Titans offense. Um, you know, opens up a lot more holes for Derrick Henry. He should be the sour starter going forward. Um, that was their first official game together with Willis as a starter. Um, so, you know, they dodged the bullet. The Chiefs dodged the bullet last night. Now, I was very tired, so I even I even watch overtime of that game. But from what I did see, the Titans have, you know, Patrick Mahomes kryptonite. I, you know, I don't know why, you know, they, they you know, struggle so vastly when they take on the Titans, but it's something that helped them beat them last year. I don't know if y'all remember that game, but in that game, the Chiefs got absolutely trounced by the Titans. Like, it was not close. I think the Chiefs put up, like, six points, and that was with Tyreek Hill still on the team. Um, so, you know, I, I think to answer the question, is Patrick Holmes doing too much for the Chiefs? You know, Superman can only save so many people. You know, but even Superman, he... It's not going to want to sacrifice somebody, but somebody is going to die, you know, because he's trying to save everybody. And right now, Patrick Mahomes is trying to be Superman for the Chiefs, and it's not going to work long term. Um, You know, it didn't work last year with Tyreek Hill. It's definitely not going to work this year without him. Uh, So we'll have to see what this offense is going forward. Maybe it's because it was just against the Titans. Uh, I mean, I mean, they did still find a way to pull out the victory in the end, but um, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's very, it's very, it's very weird right now. It's very weird right now. All right, last slide for Jen. Yeah, um, I agree basically with PC and TK. Honestly, they're asking a lot out of him, honestly. They, like, they don't have a run game either. Their run game is inconsistent. So Mahomes has to pass it all the time, basically. Or he has to rush, you know, for extra yards, like how he did yesterday. I think it was a third and 17 that he ran for, like, 20 yards or something. Like, that. like they're asking so much for him. Um, they have an inconsistent um, run game. Their defense is mediocre or, or below average, honestly. So really, it's like him or bust, basically. And you're not going to be able to win um, so many games like that, honestly. They have to find, like, different type of ways. Like, I don't know, get the run game involved a little bit. Try to um, get others, you know, like, you know those screen passes that they do, like those jet sweeps and stuff like that? Get those things involved, honestly. Um, It's just, I think they're going to be fine until the playoffs, they're going to, you know, win a lot of games. I think come playoff time is going to be something to watch really for, like how they're going to to put it together because right now that type of formula is not going to to, um, help them in in January, in in, in February if they get to the Super Bowl. All right, moving on to our next question. Um, This question is for PC, TK, and Sean. 
Frank Creech was fired from the it's from the Indianapolis Post today after a disappointing three, five, and one start to the NFL season. In his place, they hired ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday as the interim coach. What's your thoughts on the hiring? Sean, you're first. Um, yeah, so this was came as a bit of a surprise. Like I was probably expecting the Colts to hit a bit of a reset this offseason, but definitely not this early, not with and no succession plan in place. Um, but in the end, I do think firing Frank Reich in a vacuum was the right decision. However, it has since come out that they're planning on keeping their GM. Maybe that's not true. Maybe it is, but I I really don't know what the Colts are doing. They are a mess right now. They've been a mess probably since they signed, traded for Phillip Rivers. One of those, since they added Phillip Rivers, that's been just an absolute downfall spiral through hell that the Colts have gone through. Uh, They've been in quarterback hell, and now they're in head coach hell. And, you know, like, Frank Reich absolutely has had his issues. The play calling has been a problem. He wanted to trade for Carson Wentz. That ended up not working out. But the roster overall is probably the biggest problem. Their offensive line this season has been absolutely terrible. They have no left tackle, no right guard. Um, Their center's fallen off a cliff. Quentin Nelson, even, who's supposed to be one of the best offensive linemen in the league, has fallen off a little bit. The the defense isn't as good as it was last year after losing Matt Eberflus. Just everything about the Colts has taken a step back, especially the roster. And for some reason, they've decided to keep their GM. Doesn't make any sense. You do not want to be in a situation where your head coach and GM are on different timelines. That is the worst thing you could do. My, I'm speaking from experience. The Giants fired um, Tom Coughlin in 2015, I want to say. They kept Jerry Reese. Biggest mistake. It led to absolutely years of being in hell leading up to the Dave Gettleman era. Finally, they got their head coach and the GM on the same page, same timeline, and things are looking much brighter. But for the Colts, they're going the opposite direction. They're firing their head coach, keeping their GM. So now their head coach, like, it's just not going to work out. It it was a terrible decision to fire the head coach, but then decide to keep the general manager. And I want to Jeff Saturday. This guy's never coached a single game in college or the NFL. Where did that even come from? I don't know. I don't know what this is. If um, Jim Irsay, the Colts owner, is just trying to do his friend a favor. I, I don't know where this decision even came from, but the the Colts are a mess, and they it's going to take a while for them to get out of the hell they're in, unless they decide to make the right decision, fire Chris Ballard this offseason, hit a complete reset, because that's exactly what they need. All right, Cam. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with Sean here. Like. I will, I'll be the first person to say, I don't think Craig Wright is a bad head coach. Um, I think he was dealt a really bad card. Um, when you have a different starting quarterback for pretty much your entire tenure, um, I mean, just looking at the list, Philip Rivers, um, you know, he was only there for what, one, two years. Then you go and get your guy, Carson Wentz, you know, and um, even though he did not, uh, get your team to victory um, at the end of the season to get you into playoffs. Um, you know, it was still something that I think they could have kept them for at least one more season. You didn't do that. Um, so you go out and you trade for Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan did not work out because of how horrible this old line has been. I think he had like what? 12 fumbles through like six games, just, just something terrible. Um, and now you have Sam Ellinger, who's obviously not the answer. It, it's been, it's been a very difficult tenure for, for um, Frank Wright. And, you know, that falls 
back on the GM. What's Chris Ballard done to really improve this Indianapolis Colts team? Very little to nothing, in my opinion. You know, Frank Wright, he's made do with what he can, but he can only do so much. Your head coach can only do so much. Um, so, you know, for the Indianapolis Colts, you need a complete reset to get your team in the right order. If you keep Chris Ballard, you are only shooting yourselves in the foot even more than what you are right now. You've gotten rid of multiple coaches this season already, you know, and there are probably going to be a couple of players that are going to, you know, head out the door this offseason as well. Um, you still have a nice score. You still have Darius Leonard. You still have Quinn Nelson who might recover. Uh, you still have Jonathan Taylor when, when healthy, we all know how good he can be. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know. For the future of the Colts, I'm worried. Um, as far as the Jeff Saturday signing, um, I again, I don't think anybody knew where that came from. Um, Jeff Saturday, you know, don't get me wrong. Jeff Saturday is a very, you know, knowledgeable football dude. But uh, being a head coach in the NFL when your only experience coaching is at the high school level, that's um, yeah, that's that's a bit out there. Uh, so that was definitely a favor for you know a friend of his. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Maybe maybe Jeff Saturday could prove us all wrong, but um, yeah, no, I just I don't trust that they're clearly throwing this season away, throwing in the white flag with hiring Saturday. Uh, so we'll see. But um, yeah, the Colts, I'm just worried about their future. Okay. So yeah, so I kind of agree as far as the whole. Um, Frank Wright to not have been fired thing. Um, like PC said, he the cars that he were dealt it wasn't the best of hands, bro. Um, when you go from Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan, um, you give me any head coach in the NFL who could deal with the situation like that and think they could come out on top. Um, yeah, I I I think that the 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 coach are gonna regret firing him. Um, hopefully he gets a job as an offensive coach. I don't think he should be a head coach. I agree with Sean on that. He he wasn't maybe the best head coach, but I think. Um, as far as an offensive coordinator, any, anybody who gets this guy is going to be very, very lucky, bro. Um, but yeah, I don't think he should have been fired. I agree with PC. He should have, he should have at least had one more year. Um, I'm shocked he didn't. Because um, like I said, the quarterbacks I named you, bro, no, no, I don't think any head coach could come out on top of, of a situation like that, bro. Um, when you have three quarterbacks, or one is on the uh, on decline, one, two teams didn't want him. Uh, we see what Carson Wentz is on the commanders. He's not even playing right now because of injuries, and he just thinks even when he was playing. And then you get Matt Ryan, who is, I mean, we're witnessing the decline of Matt Ryan officially. He's he's officially falling off that cliff. So, um, yeah, um, Frank's going to get a job. I think he'll be fine. But now I want to touch on the Jeff Saturday thing, bro, because here's my issue in PC and Sean, if you want to come back. What was, like, my question is, what was what was the qualification of as far as interim coach, because is it because he he's was, in the ring of honor? Uh, he's nothing. in the ring of honor, TK. That's the only okay, thing. I so can because think of. he happened, so basically he he just got lucky enough to be the guy that was snapping the football for Peyton Manning. He was, was in the right football. place at the right time. Yeah. Okay. Now, <clears throat> I want to ask you guys a question because if that's all the qualifications were just being a really good player on a Peyton Manning football team. Um, there's a guy by the name of Reggie Wayne. That's the wide receiver's head coach for the Colts already. Six, six, six Pro Bowls, all pro. Like I say, he's Reggie already Wayne the coach. Reggie Wayne is currently the wide receiver's coach. Is, the, is currently the wide receiver's coach of the Colts? 
Yes. All right, anyway. He's already the wide receiver. But yeah, he got, he got, I think he officially got that job at the beginning of this season. Yes. So my issue, so my thing is if that's all it takes is you being a good player on the football team, I think we can all agree Reggie Wayne was a was far more important on those teams with Peyton Manning than Jeff Saturday was, right? So why is it that he didn't get a look as an intro coach? Know I, I, I mean, I'll yeah, be the I'll be the one to say. Yeah, if you're, if you're, I'll be the one to say. White privilege. Thank you. I hate I to will be, be that guy, bro. White privilege. I, I, I hate to be that guy. But look, man, we all grew up in around the same generation. We all saw Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison and the Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is my favorite quarterback. We all know that, bro. But we all watch. We all grew up watching these guys, knowing how special they were, bro. I don't think anybody or any one of us was sweating uh, uh, Jeff Saturday. The guy who just, again, who just so happened to be lucky to get drafted by this team that had Peyton Manning on it. You absolutely had nothing to do with anything, bro. Why is Reggie Wayne not getting his job? And Sean, can you please say it one more time for the listeners? Because I don't want it to come out of black man's mouth. Please say it. White privilege. Thank you. Honestly. Because if all it took, again, and I'm going to say it one more time. If all it took is for you or happen to be a good player on a Peyton Manning team, then why not pick the guy who literally had much more of an impact on those Peyton Manning teams and those Super Bowl winning teams instead of Jeff Saturday, who literally, I'm sorry, but whose fat ass was literally on in it. And I'm sorry, he's fat. Let's just be honest. He's fat. I'm not going to sit here and, and, like, we all have eyes. We see it. His fat ass was on NFL uh, uh, NFL Network, or not NFL Network, but uh, NFL Live on ESPN, bro. Sitting there just giving liberty, get, doing what we're doing right now for fun, bro. Like, you mean to tell me that guy, that guy deserves a head coach job for a team? What do you think he's going to do that Frank Rice couldn't do with this football team? He, he already announced that Sam Ellinger is still going to be the quarterback moving on. Well, sir, I'm here to tell you that the Colts are still going to have the same exact record that they were going to have with Frank Wright, if not maybe even worse. T- games that they might have won with an experienced, I'm going to say that word again for you listeners, experienced head coach would have won. Those games are probably L's now because you're bringing in a guy who has absolutely no experience. Reggie Wayne should have got this interim head coach position. If he, if he doesn't keep the position next year, that's a completely different conversation. I will have no problem with that. But the fact that he didn't even get a chance, bro, I hate to be that guy again, but I'm going to say it, bro. Absolutely. It's dead ass wrong. Um, Jeff Saturday, I mean, good good luck, I guess. Um, I'm not going to be a hater that much, but good luck, I guess. But, I mean, you didn't, you didn't really deserve um, – that coaching job. So I honestly don't know what to expect. The coach are, honestly, I think the coaches are going to be in an even much situation than they were. And just Saturday, we'll probably get an extension, probably get a deal because of this, because Sean already said the words, white privilege. So, yeah, let's move on. I just have one more thing to add on to your point, CK. Um, and we can officially move on. Lobby Smith took the head coaching job for the Texans. And, you know, we all saw that as, you know, the Texans trying to, you know, clear their name, quote unquote, you know, after that whole Watson debacle. Um, I would rather the Colts be, you know, what's the right word? I want to say shameless or, or, or man enough, but at least hire a guy that's already on the team to coach the team for the rest of the season. Jeff Saturday wasn't even an official coach for the Colts. All right, he was a, a special advisor for them, like a special advisor for the front office. You know, Reggie Wayne's right there. He's he's right there. You know, 
it's the same reason, you know, guys like Jim Caldwell aren't getting jobs in the NFL. You know, Anthony Lynn, you know, even though he, he wasn't the greatest head coach ever, but you know what? I think he could, you know, be a, a better replacement than Jeff Saturday. Um, I, I just want to add on that point. Sean, you, you said what it was. If if I say it, if TK says it, if Desi says it, if, if Tolu says it, nobody's going to listen. All right, Sean, moving on to our last question, which is for PC, TK, and Tolu. Last week, the Brooklyn is suspended Kyrie Irving five games for anti semitism since suspending Kyrie. The Nets are 2-0 with wins over the Charlotte Hornets and Washington Wizards. Should the Brooklyn Nets want Kyrie, Kyrie Irving back, or should they look to trade him right now? TK, give me your thoughts first. I'm going to answer the question, but before that, I'm going to give you the six steps, because I know you guys heard about the six steps that the Nets are requiring Kyrie. But for the listeners who don't know, I'm just, I'm just going to read them because I, I wrote them down. I took some notes today, guys. You guys should be proud of me, all right? So step one, you must apologize and condemn the movie that he promoted, quote-unquote, promoted on his uh, social media. Number two, he must pay 500K, a 500K donation to a, for, to, towards anti-hate causes. Not bad. Sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training, he must meet with ADL and Jewish leaders, and then he must meet with Joe Psy to demonstrate understanding. Is Kyrie Irving a grown-ass man, or is or is Kyrie Irving a little kid, first of all? Because, honestly, if you're going to give the all these steps to Kyrie Irving, why do you want him back? Because, first of all, do, do, does, every, does anybody on this podcast right now believe that Kyrie is going to complete all six of these steps? Because I'll be the guy. I love Kyrie. We all know how much I love Kyrie. Kyrie's not doing all these steps, dude. Let's be honest here, bro. There is no way in hell Kyrie Irving, you suspend him. I don't, I think it was five games, maybe five games to indefinitely. I don't remember the exact number, but I know they suspended Yeah, it was him. at a minimum of five games. Okay, so minimum. That means it could be indefinitely, but at a minimum of five games. So let's just start there. At a minimum of five games. I'm going to say indefinitely because, Sean, let's be honest, it's going to be more than five games. Dude. Because there's no way in hell Kyrie Irving is doing all six of these steps, bro. First of all, I don't even think Kyrie wants to be in that, first of all. Um, Kyrie Irving, whether you believe his apology was real, fake, scripted, whatever you want to believe, Kyrie apologized for his actions. Uh, granted, it was after he got suspended, and some people are going to say, well, it took them suspending him. Granted, you can say whatever you want. Bottom line is, you wanted an apology from Kyrie, he apologized. He took it to his social media, he apologized. Um but yeah, man, these six steps, bro, are 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 insane, bro. And for a guy like Kyrie, who is just so out there, and when I say out there, I don't mean like stupid or anything. Like Kyrie's very, very, very intelligent, bro. Um, but he's a guy that's out there, meaning he he does his own thing. He doesn't follow rules. He's gonna do his own thing at his own time whenever he wants to do it. And I can tell you right now, bro, you all already shook your head. Kyrie's not doing these six things. So for that reason, um. Is the, I look at it as, is this a way for the Nets trying to force force themselves a way to somehow release Kyrie, knowing that he won't follow these steps? Because if they can go to Adam Silver or whoever it is that they go to and say, look, man, 
We tried to deal with Kyrie. We suspended him for the five games for doing what he did, yada, yada, yada. We gave him these six steps. He's refusing to follow them. What more can we do? We can't help this guy anymore. We don't want him on the team. We don't want to pay him. That's going to be the biggest thing. They're not going to they're going to want to be able to release Kyrie without paying him, bro. That let's just be real here. So that's the issue that I believe the Nets are pulling right now. Um, look, man, I'll be the guy because I know Tolu's going to say it. Look, trade him to the Lakers if you find if if there's some way to find a way to trade him to the Lakers if you can. But I'll be honest, I don't think that's going to happen now, PC. I'll be realistic here. If you can trade Kyrie to the Lakers, I will be happy. But realistically. There's no way in hell that's happening, bro. Lakers were the last team that I believe were gonna, were gonna touch, were gonna even take a chance of touching Kyrie, bro. And after what LeBron said in the press conference, I don't think that's gonna happen this year. Granted, I don't know what happens in the offseason. Um, that's a that's a that's about a year from now, a little less than a year from now. Um, things could, you know, go away and everything could blow down by then. And um, Kyrie could very well end up being a Laker. But right now, man, I don't know what the Nets can do with Kyrie right now. Because honestly, we were the last team to take a chance on Kyrie, bro. And that's not happening anymore. I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't know what the Nets go from here. But I think that this is just a way for the Nets to somehow find a way to, I don't know if the if the right word is legally, um, release Kyrie without paying him. But they're going to find a way to use these six steps against Kyrie and, um, I think it's going to end up working, bro, because like I said, man, I, there's no way in hell Kyrie is following all six of these steps. So, yeah, man, this is going to be this is this is going to be a story that um is going to be hot in the NBA for a while until um an ending comes to it, bro, because I honestly this is this is this is not going to end well, man. I think the NBA is doing way too much on Kyrie on this Kyrie situation, like him getting suspended from Nike, suspending him all these games, you know, <clears throat> Forcing him like out of like even this to this like disbanding his shoes for God's sake, they're doing absolute way too much on Kyrie. And what I think about this is that Kyrie's in jeopardy of not playing in the NBA again. It's just really sad, and this happened over over a, a link to a movie. I mean, it's just really a it's it's really sad. It's really annoying because Kyrie's one of my favorite players. So this is just it it, it just hurts because like I've seen Kyrie play. He's just he's not he's and if you know Kyrie, if you know Kyrie, you would know he's not whatever quote unquote anti-Semitic and all that stuff. So they're doing the absolute most. They're doing the absolute most with Kyrie Irving, and like and for the Brooklyn Nets. Does it even matter if they bring Kyrie back? The Brooklyn Nets still stink, even with Kyrie. Without Kyrie, they stink. With Kyrie, they stink. So what's the point of them bringing him back for? They still stink. Ben Simmons still can't shoot the ball. Ben Simmons is fouling out. Tolu, they did. They did. They Tolu, Tolu, Tolu. They did. They won two games without. They won two games without Kyrie. The past two games, they won without oh, Kyrie. Oh, so, me, me and what that may be something PC touches on, but you got to keep that in mind, bro. They're winning they games without Kyrie. The Wizards. They beat the Wizards. whoop de do. Are they beating the Miami Heat in the playoffs? Are they beating the Boston Celtics in the playoffs? Are they beating the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs? Are they beating the Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs? Are they beating the – who are they? Who's the other team? Who's another team? I know another team. I can't remember. I can't remember. 
What team? The Sixers. I don't even think they're beating the Sixers in the playoffs, even without Kyrie Irving or with Kyrie Irving. So whoop de doo They beat the, 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 the Washington Wizards. Kevin Durant got a sick crossover. Yay. You know, it's time to let's throw a parade for that. No, even with Kyrie Irving, without Kyrie Irving, the Nets stink. The Nets are trash. The roster, trash. Everything about the Nets is trash. So it doesn't matter if they bring Kyrie Irving back. They're going to they're gonna get bounced out in the first round. Kevin Durant is going to probably be gone by next summer. And, you know, Kyrie Irving is probably not going to be in the NBA anymore. I mean, I mean, good job, Josiah. Hey, Josiah. You know, you, 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 you talking all this junk about Kyrie Irving, saying all these steps. You do all that. While you hire Ime Udoka, a sex deviant, you hire him. You want to hire him, but you're making all these stats about Kyrie Irving. You know, it's just so hypocritical. Hypocritical at his best, man. You know, this Nets team is so toxic. This is probably the most toxic team I've ever seen in my life. Like everywhere, everywhere you go around the Nets, it's just so toxic. And it all starts with you, Kevin Durant. It's all your fault. You're the one a couple years ago that said that LeBron James or our environment is toxic. Environment is toxic. Well, who's toxic now, Kevin Durant? Who's toxic now? Who's toxic now, buddy? You got all the coaches fired. Your owner's toxic. Breathe. Your teammates are toxic. Breathe, you know, it is breathe, brother. Breathe, funny, you know? breathe, Tolu. Breathe, breathe. Okay, Tolu, just breathe. breathe. Only Tolu can make this about LeBron James. Only Tolu. And also Tolu, 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 Tolu. Let me speak. Let me speak, Sean. Stop playing with me. Kevin Durant is a fraud. He got carried by Kev, Steph Curry. He's a Steph Curry merchant. Without Steph Curry, Kevin Durant is nothing. 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 LeBron is not a toxic environment. We got it. Kevin Durant. At least LeBron James won a championship for the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. Okay, buddy. All right. Thank you. I'm just I'm just getting to my take now. Um, sorry. If I had not had technical difficulties, I would have stopped that like 10 minutes ago. Sorry, y'all. All right. Um, so I, I'm going to try to summarize this as best as I can. Um, I Number one, I don't think Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic. I think he had the right mindset. He wanted the right message to get out. And yet, I believe his execution with getting that message sent out was very poorly executed. Um, it was before the NBA season this year started. Uh, Timberwolves guard Anthony Edwards. He was called out for you know saying you know homophobic remark, um, and you know the LGBT community they jumped on that very quickly. And immediately after that was posted on Ant's story on Instagram, he apologized for it. And because of it, he got a slap on the wrist and like I think it was like a forty thousand dollar fine from the league. Situation sweeped under the rug. Okay. I'll even bring up an even similar situation. Back in twenty twenty, Deshaun Jackson, during his like second stint with the Eagles, hosted another anti Semitic thing towards his IG story. It was like a it was like a quote that, you know, I think Hitler said. And when Jackson posted that, 
he had to apologize not only to the team but to the fans to the jewish community and he wasn't suspended um he did have to go through sensitivity training he had to meet with a couple of jewish leaders within that community and the situation was once again swept under the rug i think we are witnessing and what we have been witnessing for essentially this entire you know year ever since last season ended with the brooklyn nets is a ticking time bomb um you know the way that they lost last year was embarrassing kevin durant asked for a trade kyrie irving wanted to go to la play with lebron and the lakers it did not look good and there was very spiteful petty energy on both sides with katie and kyrie as well as josiah and the nets front office which is why i think we are seeing as harsh as a punishment as we are with kyrie like i said I don't think Kyrie is anti-Semitic in any sort of way. I think he made I think he made a mistake. And my problem is that he made the mistake and he stood on his word because Kyrie Irving believes that Kyrie Irving is right all the time and anyone else who thinks otherwise just doesn't understand or is just too dumb to understand. That's where my problem with Kyrie came from. I think that's where my where the league's problem and Nike's problem with Kyrie came from. There was zero empathy shown towards Jewish people in the Jewish community before Kyrie got reprimanded by the league for it. He said, he literally told media, essentially, I said what I said. And until he got suspended five games without pay by the Nets, that was when we heard an apology come from Kyrie Irving's camp, which is very weird to me. Because if you're a man who cannot admit when he's wrong until he is reprimanded for it, you're not learning from your mistakes. All right. You're just essentially begging for mercy at that point. So if he is still not man enough to do these six steps in order to better himself as a person and realize what he did, then what are we doing here? The Brooklyn Nets have to cut ties with Kyrie Irving. And now to the Laker fans that may still want Kyrie Irving. For months, for months, TK, Tolu, you've been saying Kyrie is going to be a Laker. You've been saying this for months and for months, I have not I have not denied that, you know, the dream of yours. All right. There was never any problem with me saying that Kyrie is going to be a Laker. It was everything that comes with Kyrie Irving. You said yourself, Kyrie is a grown ass man. All right. Kyrie Irving is going to do whatever Kyrie Irving wants to do. LeBron James is not going to stop that. You know, and during his time in Cleveland. That he could not stop that during his time in Boston when he left there for you know specific reasons. The media did not understand we cannot stop that. Now here in Brooklyn, you know, 
with the vaccination issue with him, you know, leaving the the team back in, I believe it was like 2019, uh, because, you know, for personal reasons, he did not want to play for like, I think it was like 20 games for personal reasons. You know, everything that just comes with Kyrie is a headache. You do not want that in your locker room. There's got to be a point where we, you know, Stop Stop the mark when it comes to players and their talent. If a player is toxic, a player is toxic. And especially from Kyrie's history, let's call it for what it is. Kyrie has been very toxic. All right. Everything that he's been put on has been put through this emotional drama. And I don't want that for the Lakers. I don't want that for you guys. That's why that that's my whole problem with Kyrie Irving, you know, so Kyrie. Whatever happens from here, I just hope that if he has learned anything from this situation is that you can think what you want, you can even say what you want, but just know your words, your actions have consequences. And there are strong communities out here that will reprimand you and get you possibly tossed from the league because of your words and your actions. And that does not make you any less of a man if it does. What makes you less of a man is standing on those decisions, those actions, those words. What makes you more of a man is having having the balls to say that you are wrong and learning from your actions and your words. So for Kyrie, I really hope that he does those accepts because he is a very talented player. So top five point guard in this league, but things need to change with Kyrie Irving. All right. It cannot be, it cannot continue to be the team needs to cater to Kyrie. No, Kyrie needs to finally cater to the team. Let's get into some baseball talk with Big Boss Central with Gianni. I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you. Okay, hey everyone. Um, welcome to Big Boss Central. Um, Astros won the World Series. Ooh, honestly. This, is, this was horrible, honestly. Um, for the Phillies, they had a great season. They were the, the third wild card team. Um, they even they won 87 games and got to the World Series. Honestly, that's a successful season for them. For most teams, that's a successful season because you weren't expected to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season, and you somehow surprised everyone and got within two games of winning World Series. I would like um PC's thoughts, and I would like everybody's thoughts, even. TK and Tola, if they want to jump in and talk about it. Um, so here we are. I mean, the big the big word for me that I'm glad that PC used it was humbled. I'm 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 just glad that you're finally humbled. Because I mean, when you said the Phillies were gonna win in Game Six, I, I mean, 
here's the thing for the listeners, bro. When PC said that, it, it wasn't, you know, just something he wrote down and said, oh, I'm going to say this for the pocket. No, he meant that ish. He really meant it. He, he meant what he said, and he thought that they legit had a chance to win in six. Um, I wanted your Phillies to win simply not for, not because of you, PC. I love you, but I didn't want your Phillies to win because of you. It's just because, you know, being a Yankees fan, I have to hate the Astros just as much as I hate any other team. So for that reason alone. But, man, um, yeah, like you said, man, McCormick, man, with that catch, bro, um, in my opinion, that was really the catch that really sealed the series, man. That, in my opinion, um, Gianni, as far as the entire series, um, I still thought that the Phillies had a chance until he made that great defensive catch. And man, look, fact, I'm gonna say this for I'm, I'm gonna was, say this. I'm gonna uh, I'll uh, let you go in a second. I'm just oh, actually go ahead, go ahead, go ahead before you figure. No, I, I was just gonna say I was watching that that game with my family. I was with my mom, my sister, and you know her friend, and you know I was watching that game, and you know we saw. I, I had this huge, this huge squishy stress ball that I was literally like gripping onto for the last three innings of that game, you know. And and JT, I thought it was a home run. Everybody did, or at the very least, a triple. And he 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 had to do that. Chas McCormick is a Philadelphia guy too, native native Philadelphia, which makes it even worse. But I mean, I I, I, I think that, I just think. That's one of the greatest plays, um, the greatest defensive plays I've ever seen in the baseball game. And, and and to just let the listeners know how crazy that was, PC, Tolu, well, I don't think Tolu was in the chat that day, but PC, Gianni, we were all in the sports chat. And um, you guys can admit, we we got some we got some people in there that don't really, you know, not the biggest fan of, of, of baseball, but, you know, they do check out some playoff baseball when they can, man. And for about 15 minutes, that catch was the topic of the group chat, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um. What about you, Tony? What are you thought of the World Series? I really wanted the Phillies to win, and I just, I, I, I can't. I don't like the Astros. They're cheating, cheaters. Jose Altuve, I hate you. You're, you're literally like Napoleon, like not Napoleon Dynamite, the Napoleon, like the ancient Russian guy. You're just short and annoying, and you cause harm. That's what you do, Jose Altuve, and I, I can't stand. Whatever, French, whatever. He was French, okay? Jose Altuve, I hate you. All Yankee fans hate you. And I'm so sick of seeing you win that ring. Justin Verlander, I I respect him, though. Justin Verlander, that is a legend. And his wife is a baddie. And his wife is supporting him every step of the way. Tom Brady, you can't relate. But... PC, your Phillies, you let me down. You let me down. When you guys blew them out, I think it was game game two, game three, you guys blew them out. Yeah, like, what, 12 or game, game three. Game three, when Bryce, when, when y'all was hitting home runs, I thought you guys were going to win it. Everyone in Penn State was saying, F the Astros. <laughs> F the Astros. Everyone was getting hype. And what do you do, Roderick? You let me down. Philly lets me down again and lets the fucking cheating ass Astros win the World Series. You guys stink. Okay, I'm not going to say you guys stink. You guys did deserve. You guys got humbled. You guys will be back. But my Yankees is still going to get Jose Otani. Or not Jose Otani. Otani because my Yankees are coming back. Okay? 
First, we're going to pay Aaron Judge. That's what we're going to do. And then we're going to get Otani. And if we don't get Otani, we're getting Mike Trout. We are getting the, we're getting one of those two people. Ladies and gentlemen, here. Aaron Judge and Jose Otani to, to the Yankees in 2023. I'm calling this right now. Phillies Yankees World Series. Calling it right now. PC. Here's what I, here's what I think we need to do, bro. I think we need to make like a YouTube video. If you need my help making it, I will gladly help you with this topic because, bro, we need to make just a video of Tolu naming all of his baseball teams on the We Hate Sports podcast. Because I, so you, got, you, you got to stop acting like you're this big I have fan one that team. you're absolutely not. You've named, the, you've named the Orioles. You've named the Dodgers on several occasions. I'm pretty sure everybody remembers what? this. Name the what, Dodgers. What, yeah, I remember, yeah. the I remember like, the Baltimore. But anyways, what? ladies and gentlemen, no. ladies and gentlemen, for the listeners, um, we're not getting Otani, Gianni. That's just beyond. We're not getting Otani. But there, yeah. I do think there's a very slim chance that Mike Trout possibly could get traded. And I think we could maybe get our names in the whole Mike Trout like uh, debacle. But I don't think Otani's never getting traded, bro. They're never trading Otani ever. I don't care how bad that team is. That is the only guy that is putting asses in those seats and he's not going anywhere, bro. All right, Gianni, I got a question for you, all right? Since you're the baseball guy. And PC, you know what? You too, hell, forget it. Why not? PC, you too. Without being biased, okay? Without being biased, give me your way too soon your picks for next year's World Series matchup. Okay, this is a matchup that I was thinking as like out of the box, like like you you wouldn't think this matchup will happen. Um, it's not the Yankees. I wish it's the Yankees. We'll, we'll see how the all season goes. But to me, the early World Series prediction is going to be the Padres over the Mariners in six games. Um, I mean, yeah. I, see, I was I with you. To... I was with you. In the first half, but then you said the Mariners. Go ahead, PC. Yeah, I, I, I like the Mariners as a team. I, I just don't know about the the World Series, but I, I mean, I, I respect that pick. I respect that pick. Um, you don't know who I'm um, going with oh, for, for the NL champions. Um, you know, so <laughs> depending on who we face in the AL, um, that could be a toss up. Um, I don't know if the Yankees are going to be strong enough um, to make it to the World Series because. Um, well, I have to wait and see. I'll know who y'all are going to lose and who y'all are going to add. The biggest priority for y'all is Aaron Judge. Um, you have the Astros, who I'm assuming are going to lose a good amount this offseason. Um, so if I had to pick, I'm going to go with the Phillies and the Blue Jays, rematch of 1993 World Series. Um, you know, I, I mean, the Blue Jays, uh, they were I in a kind of similar situation. I being biased. <laughs> that's that's not me being we are a good team all right we're a good team if you want me all right if you want me to say some other team from the nl i'll yes, say yes i'll say you know what let's go dodgers and blue jays and how about that dodgers and blue jays because dodgers are constantly the best dodgers one of the they best teams in the games. NL. they won 100 games just to get yeah. back on the exactly yeah. exactly that by that by be honest. Come on now. Yeah, the buy is going to be every year now. That's going to that, be that a normal us. thing. That but hurt us. I like the Blue Jays' take. You know why? Because all the Blue Jays need is one more starter and a couple of bullpen arms. If they get that, 
they're a threat. I, I'm scared of their offense. I'm glad that the Yankees didn't play them in the division series because that, that team is, is scary, honestly. That, and they got a taste of the playoffs for the first time in a while. So that, that's a team that can um, be really, really scary. They get those type of pieces. I regret to inform all of you. Sadly, my stress ball has exploded. All the cream came out, unfortunately. Pause, man. That's just... <laughs> that, it, it's, I don't know what it is. It's, that's all I could describe it as. I'm guessing it's cream. You know what that is, Roderick. You don't have to say it. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, y'all, moving on to our next segment. It's time for TK's tier list. So, TK, I'm going to pass it off to you. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time of the week it is. TK's tier list, three winners, three losers. Let's start with... Let's start with the losers this week, because the winners are going to be kind of fun this week, bro. So, for the first loser of the week, bro, um, Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Three red zone INTs, bro. I don't think we've ever seen that from Aaron Rodgers. And if, and if we did, we've probably only seen it like once. And it was a long, long time ago. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is washed necessarily, but he he looks bad right now, man. It looks really bad. And honestly, I want to put it on his receivers. Um, they're young. It seems like they really don't understand the routes that Aaron Rodgers is expecting of them on most of these plays. Um, Aaron Rodgers just really misses uh, Devontae Adams a lot, man. Um, and vice versa. Devontae Adams misses uh, Aaron Rodgers as well. But, um, yeah, man, the Packers, I, three and six. Um, I think if they lose if they lose next week, um, we're talking about a situation where they're not going to make the playoffs. PC, you're a PC, Gianni, you're, you're, you're NFC guys. Would you guys, agree, and Sean as well, would you agree with that? I, I, I think if, if the Packers lose next week, I think we're having a conversation where they're just, they're, there's no chance they make the playoffs. Um, um. Go ahead. I think the Packers are done, honestly. Like that that was like the stick of a fork on them. That that's really they're just finished because how you score nine points against the worst defense in football. Like, think about that for a minute. And then you look at um their schedule. Their schedule doesn't get any easier either. So really to me, they're finished, honestly. They have too many injuries. I think they lost one of their best defenders yesterday to an ACL injury. Um, they lost Dobbs for a couple weeks. Like, this team is just depleted, finish. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished third or fourth place in the division because the Lions could win maybe a couple of games. Uh, the Bears could win a couple of games. It's not looking good for Green Bay. And I saw their schedule. If they keep playing like this, they're going to probably finish 5 and 12, 6 and 11. I'm glad you just said that because, Sean, this is actually a, this is actually a good way to switch to you. So, if we're talking about a situation where the Packs or where the Packers do only win four or five games this year, I mean, probably be in that top five pick range, right? Is there any chance that they take a quarterback? If the Packers cut Aaron Rodgers or move on from Aaron Rodgers next season, he is a $99 million dead cap hit. So, so that's simply not happening. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Green Bay Packer next season. The season after that, it's only $24 million. So you could th- theoretically draft your quarterback this season, 
give him a year behind Aaron Rodgers, move on from Aaron Rodgers the following season. However, if you're drafting your quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is going to be pissed off. So, like, he's not going to want to play for you anymore. And then I, th- I think the situation just becomes way too out of control, and I, I, don't, I don't think it's something you can do. I don't think the Packers should be drafting a quarterback this offseason, especially when they still have Jordan Love, who probably isn't anything, but they did spend a first-round pick on him. So I do think you're better off, before you draft a new replacement, I think you're better off seeing, at least trying to see what you have in Jordan Love, and then moving on to getting your new quarterback of the future. That's crazy that we're having a conversation. Whatever having a conversation in a situation where the Packers are not going to make the playoffs this year, but I really don't think that they are, and neither do you guys. You guys would agree with me. So, um, yeah, man, let's move on to the second loser of the week. I believe they were on this uh, list last week, and they're going to be on this list again this week. The Raiders, man, it, it seems like every week they could be on this on, on the losers part of this list, and it's it's. I'm realizing that the Raiders. It's not the offense, all right? Because yes, the Derek Carr looks bad at moments, but Derek Carr is not as bad as the media, as the media and his fan or in the Oakland Raiders fans are trying, or the Las Vegas Raiders fans, I should say, sorry, are trying to make uh, Derek Carr look. Um, it's the defense, bro. The defense is absolutely terrible. The O line is terrible, but that defense may be the the worst defense in the NFL. Um, when you put up 17 points and you're and you're up 17-0 by the half. Um, I understand that your, your offense doesn't put up any points in the second half. I understand that. But as a defense, there's no reason why you should give up 20 points to lose a game, bro. Um, especially to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a game that the Raiders should have easily won, uh, especially since the Broncos were able to win this game, knowing the mess that we're going through. Um, the Raiders are a much better team than us offensively. Um, um, they had something going with Devontae Adams. They stopped giving, they stopped feeding him the ball in the second half. I don't understand why. Dude put up two touchdowns over 100 yards, over 10 catches in the first half. Um, I'm not sure why they shut that down. But uh, Josh McDaniels, man, I saw a couple of reports that said his job is safe. It's not in question, but it needs to be unsafe, and it needs to be in question. Because Josh McDaniels, you are terrible. And I am a Broncos fan saying this. I've been there, done that. You are dog S-H-I-T, bro. You do, I don't know how you keep getting these opportunities to be a coach. Um, the coach, you were lucky that he decided not to take that job because I would tell you, you would have been in hell just as the Raiders are right now. Um, Josh McDaniels is just absolutely terrible. Um, he looks good in, in Bill Belichick's system. Um, all these coaches that get these head coaching jobs do. Uh, the only one that was successful outside of it uh, was the, uh, I can't remember his name, the coach that was for the Dolphins, Brian Flores. Yes, Brian Flores. There it is. I, I forgot his last name. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, Brian Flores, he seemed to be the only coach that looked successful outside of Bill Belichick's system. Um, all these other coaches that lead the system, they look terrible. Uh, cough, cough, Joe Judge. How you doing, Sean? But yeah. Um, Bro, Joe, okay. Brian Dable is actually technically Brian part Dable, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian he, Dable, Brian He was Dable, only there for like a year team. and was like a minor assistant, but he was technically under Belichick. Yeah, so I wasn't going to include him because he was only there for under a year, and then he went to the Bills, and he looked amazing with Josh Allen. But, yeah, Brian, De- Brian Dable as well. Um, But, yeah, Brian Flores and Brian Dable. I mean, these, we see what these coaches look like. And then for Josh McDaniels to already have a resume with the Broncos, again, he already had the resume. You saw what he looked like. You knew what he would be like. And I understand that the Raiders probably thought that with all these weapons, there was no way that he could screw this up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Josh McDaniels, you are absolutely screwing it up. Um. I don't believe the reports that his job is not, quote-unquote, 
un, is, is not in question. I don't believe those reports. Um, I think that you're looking at a situation where they could very well fire Josh McDaniels um, after the end of the season because um, I don't think that the Raiders are going to get a high enough pick to be able to draft a top uh, a Stroud or a Bryce Young. Um, and because of that, they're going to be stuck with Derek Carr. You're going to have to go to at least another year with him. And um, I don't think that you're going to be looking at a situation where you're going to go into the year with Josh McDaniels as your head coach again. All right, so number three, um, the Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams, bro. This team won a Super Bowl last year, right? Like, I want to make that wasn't a year before that. that it was this was last the previous February, right? Like I know I'm not tripping. All right, so why the hell does a Super Bowl team that actually added some pieces look this bad, bro? Um, the defense looks terrible, bro. We all see what Matthew Stafford looks. He looks, he just looks terrible. His only, the only weapon that he seems to be able to find and depend on every game is, is, is Cooper Cup. I mean, this dude is not, you have a talent like Allen Robinson. I don't understand why he, I'll let you go, Johnny, in a second. I don't understand why you're not getting Allen, Allison Robinson more involved. Um, I really don't understand that. We saw what this dude was two years ago. He was a stud on the Bears um, before he kind of fell off the year that they got Justin Fields his first year. But the Bears as a whole just didn't look good at all. Um, so I don't think Allen, Allen Robinson is having this this decline that people are trying to say that he's having. Um, I just don't understand why they're not getting him more involved. Um, but yeah, Gianni, did you want to say something, bro? Yeah, um, I feel like the injury to Stafford um, July or August during training camp, that kind of screwed, I think, Stafford over, honestly. Um, his velocity kind of basically went down, like passing the, the football. Other than a couple, I feel like he doesn't trust his arm enough with the other receivers. I don't think he has the chemistry enough because he was like in and out a lot with that injury. And their defense just regressed. I think they missed Bob Miller. I think Bobby Wagner, he's okay. Like he, he was okay um, with them in certain games. Certain games, I don't know. They, they were kind of like a little bit lost. They can't stop the run, too, because the, their run defense lately has been pretty bad. Um, I just don't understand. Like, they just fell apart. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's a Super Bowl hangover. Like, but it's like one of the worst Super Bowl hangovers I've seen from a team, really. It, it's just a mess, honestly. That's a team, but they got their Super Bowl last year. So I, I guess you can just use that. I mean, and when you look at it from you lose to a team and Tom Brady and the Bucks who haven't been looking like themselves the past week. We all said how terrible that they've been looking. Um, Tom Brady has not looked like Tom Brady um these past these past four to five games. And um you lose to that team 16-13. And then on top of that, um I'm glad you mentioned uh uh, uh the defense as well, because they're blowing a lot of coverages, bro. Like, if you watch the game yesterday, they're just blowing a lot of coverages. They're just letting dudes run past them. Um, and, 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 and specifically in Jalen Ramsey, bro, you're supposed to be the best cornerback in the league, and you're absolutely out there getting burnt. You're, you're, you look like burnt toast. You look like how Eli Apple um, looked last year. And, and Gianni, I'm going to say one more thing. You know, we're talking about the Super Bowl slump and this and that, but, I mean, Bengals just went out there and absolutely kicked the Panthers' ass yesterday. They're, they don't look like they're having uh. a slump. I mean, I understand well, it's the Panthers. I understand it's the Panthers. Granted. But, I mean, the Rams haven't even looked good against bad teams that they've played. I mean, so, I don't know, man. The Rams are, I agree with you. They're absolutely having the worst slump I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I've seen some bad Super Bowl slumps. I'm pretty and, sure we all have. 
But this is just terrible. Go ahead. And you saw the, the last 30 seconds. That defense was embarrassing. They didn't even cover the sideline, really. Like, exactly. Like, Bro, they, they were just let, they literally were letting dudes. They they gave the game. They were letting dudes literally run past him, Johnny. I can't make this up. Like, dudes were running past him on the sideline in the middle of the field. Nobody was stopping anything. And I'm watching this game like, what the hell is going on, bro? Like, this yeah, team was in the Super Bowl just last year. It was embarrassing, bro. I mean, I don't I, I don't know if I'll go as far as you did as to say they won't make the playoffs. I think they'll find a way to sneak into the playoffs. Nine, nine ten wins. Um, I had them winning 13 games this year. That's not going to happen at all. They'll probably get in with nine, ten wins. Uh, I can tell you the Giants, Eagles, and all those teams that have much better records than they will. I'll tell you that. I, I think they need the 10 or 11. Yeah, they're not getting 11. So if if you think they need 10 or 11, I'm being generous giving them 10. So if you say they need 10 or 11, then yeah, I agree with you. They're probably not making the playoffs if that's what they need. Absolutely. You'll know know that one Thanos meme where it's like, did you get it? And she's like, he's like, yeah, it it cost you everything. (laughs) That that's the Los Angeles Rams right now. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean. This team does not have a first round draft pick until 2026. I don't think that's true. I think this, they don't have it this year, and I think they do have their future picks because they, that's what they were offering for Brian Burns, their picks, their two years after this, which is still absolutely insane. They need so much, especially on offense, and they wanted to offer their only two future picks for an edge rusher. That, that just didn't make any sense to me. Either way, there's very little draft picks for this team, so the Rams have literally weep what they sued you got the ring but you have no future whatsoever and if this is the team for the immediate future ah uh, i don't know i don't know man i'm I'm really concerned about the, the rams right now best way to say a pc to end with this all these nfl teams my team your team sean's team gianni's team tolu's team desi's team all our teams are young they're getting younger we're drafting players and unfortunately the rams are getting older and you, that's not the way to win of the future, bro. Absolutely. Um, like you said, they got their Super Bowl. At the end of the day, that they they got what they wanted to. That was the goal at the end of the day. Um, but as a Rams fan, man, just <laughs> get ready for a very, very long ride of some a uh, lot of misery because um, PC said it best, man. That future is not going to be bright at all. You don't have draft picks. You don't have money. Um, and these players are getting older. They're in their 30s. Um, they're only going to decline. They're not going to get any better. And when you put your money in all, in all of these players, um, what you're about to witness in the future is is unfortunately what happened. It's a reason why um, the Rams were the only team that had that slogan, F those picks. It's the reason why y'all were the only team to be willing to give up that much for these players. Um, other teams were willing to give up a lot for 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 about one, maybe two players. But what the Rams are doing, um, but yeah. Simply, I just really wanted to put the Dolphins on this week because, once again, man, they look good. Um, in my opinion, the best team in the AFC, man. Um, Tua, man, he, he he beat those allegations, bro. You no longer have to worry about your job being replaced, bro. You you keep playing like this, you're going to play into a very high contract, and you're going to keep your job for a very long time. Uh, number two, PC Gianni. Congratulations, man. Your Eagles finally made it on the TK's tier list. I decided, and Sean, I understand Sean's probably going to be like, dude, it was against the Texans, man. But look, 8-0 is 8-0, first of all. Um, 
I'm going to put them on the list this week because I picked the Texans to upset. I thought that I honestly believe when I said the Texans could upset the Eagles. PC, I don't I don't want you to think I was simply just trolling you. I meant what I said, PC and Gianni. I thought there was a legit chance that they could. Oh, I, I know you did. I know you did, and which the, is why and, and again, I exposed you for it. <laughs> and again, the reason why was this. I'm going to explain for the for maybe for the listeners who didn't listen last week, but of course you guys listen because you love this show. I simply said the Eagles are possibly going to lose a game this year, right? And it's going to be against a team that nobody expects them to be. So why not the Texans? I was dead-ass wrong. The Eagles absolutely went in there and did what they were supposed to do. Shout-out to, to Jalen Hurts, man. Um, he's not my front-runner right now. We had this conversation with Sean PC yesterday. But he is number two on my list. It's really 1A and 1B for me, PC. And it's no disrespect against Jalen Hurts. It's just, um, it's just my homies is doing what he's doing with less. But that's another conversation. But yeah, man, Eagles, bro, 8-0 is 8-0, like I said, bro. Schedule is only going to get softer, man. And like I said, I'm going to say it again because I've said it for weeks and weeks. We're going to have a conversation where the Eagles may absolutely go undefeated in during the regular season. I don't know what this means for the playoffs, but during the regular season, the Eagles will possibly go uh, undefeated in, in, in the playoffs. And PC, Gianni, I want y'all to come up because I said this a couple of weeks ago and you guys told me Look, TK, we appreciate it, but slow your roll a little bit. Let's 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 play some games. Let's go get throughout the season. Let's see how it goes. Well, Still ladies and gentlemen. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we are now officially through the first half of the season. Eagles are eight and up. So I'm 50% right. What do you so what do you guys expect in the second half of the season? Whoever wants to go first. That we expected in the first half of the season win. Eight and up. Um yeah, you know, this this seemed like we we come out every week and the record's zero and zero for us. You know, that's that team's mindset. And um, you know, it's worked out for the first eight weeks of the season. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, hey, in my opinion, he's front runner for MVP because this team is quite literally built around Jalen Hurts. All right. Jalen Hurts got AJ Brown to Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, you know, made sure Devontae Smith was an eagle, being former college teammates at Alabama. You know, Howie Roseman did his thing with the defensive side of the ball. He got Josh Sweat. He got Hassan Reddick. He got C.J. Gardner-Johnson. You know, uh, Kaiser White, who's been an underrated addition to this defense, um, you know, in our linebacking core. Um, you know, Denny Wayne got Jordan Davis in the draft. I mean, this team from top to bottom, everything has worked out perfectly, literally perfectly for this team throughout eight weeks. Um, I'm still expecting that first loss sooner or later. Um, I'm going to just say it again still. I just hope that's not in the division. I don't know how you feel, Gianni, but, um, you know, this team, regardless of if they win or lose, I still consider the best team in the league. Honestly, I want to say something about the schedule. We beat the, the Cowboys and the Vikings. They're they're possibly the second and, and third best team. Unless the Niners get healthy, you could say maybe right now the Vikings are probably the second best team in the NFC. But the schedule coming up um, is actually it's going to get a little tougher because we played the Tennessee Titans. We played the Giants twice. We played the Cowboys again. So the schedule is going to get a little bit tougher, honestly. And that's going to show a lot because if, if they win these those games, 
all the schedule talk is out the door, honestly. So are you telling me that you expect to lose to the Titans? I feel maybe because that's four games right there. I'll say three and one. We lose probably maybe we lose to the Titans, I feel. Unless AJ Brown goes off against that team because AJ Brown is has something personal for that team. See, so, and that's my thing. That's my thing, Gianni. I think that game, that's gonna be the AJ Brown game. He's just gonna completely go off and you guys are gonna win that game. So I don't think he loses to the Titans. Um maybe the Cowboys, maybe I, I don't know, man. I really don't know, but that, those, these are all winnable games, bro. Like, yeah, but they're PC, still like PC. What team do you think? Who, who do you think the L comes with? I was gonna go with Giants. It's probably the Titans. Maybe, maybe the Giants one time. Um, you know, and the Cowboys game on <coughs> Christmas Eve. That's gonna be in Dallas. That's gonna be a tough game. So any of those three games are, you know, we can possibly lose. All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not the Eagles fan. I disagree. I think Eagles are going to win out, man. Um, but, yeah, congratulations on the Eagles being on the list this week. Um, like I said, bro, the Eagles could be on every single week, bro, because I just expect you guys to continue to win. Um, Jalen Hurts could very well. Like I said, it's 1-8-1-B for me, PC, with Patrick Mahomes and, and, and Jalen Hurts. But I'll tell you one thing, man. Jalen Hurts continues to play like this. Patrick Mahomes continues to look the way that he looked yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts is definitely going to be number one, in my opinion, on my list. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it, I, I just I just want to take a little moment to just for, – for, for, for the coaches and the GMs and, and, the, and the fans, never give up too soon on – your quarterback. PC, I got to give you the biggest props to that because you were the only one who kept trying to tell us last year, look, Jaden Hurts, it's, it's going to be him. He's going to be this guy. And, and exactly what you envision is exactly what's happening, bro. Like you said, bro, this offense is completely built around Jalen Hurts. Uh, the offense is completely made for him, and he looks spectacular, bro. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to PC. Shout out to Jaden, bro. And like I said, man, never, ne- for the fans, maybe, never give up on your quarterback too, too soon, bro. Uh, let's move on to the final winner of the week. <laughs> um, yeah, Desi, you're not going to like this. But how about those Jets, ladies and gentlemen? I want everybody to talk, about, to talk about this one. How about the Jets, man? J-E-T, Jets, 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 bro. We all, we, me and PC, you know, yeah, I, I remember. I don't remember who was picked last year, but uh, last week. But we picked the Bills to go in there and absolutely destroy the Jets, man. And how about that Jets defense, bro? Josh Allen didn't throw a single touchdown pass, PC, Sean, Gianni, Kodu, Desi. Not a single touchdown pass. The, the quote-unquote best quarterback in the NFL did not throw a single touchdown pass against his young, stout defense. And let me tell you something. Sauce Gardner. Let me say that name for you again. Sauce Gardner. I tried to tell people before the season even started. He's special, ladies and gentlemen. He is freaking special, bro. That dude, he's going to be one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Um, Sean, you're the college guy. Were you high? Were you high on Sauce Gardner before the season started? I think you were. I think we had conversations about Sauce before the season started. Were you high on Sauce Gardner? Did you think he'd be this good this fast? I, I loved Sauce Gardner. I thought he was a top top ten pick for sure. I would have loved him on the Giants. I'm very happy with Kayvon, but Sauce would have also been awesome. 
I don't think anybody, not a single person, thought he would be this good. He's probably been a top five, at the very worst, a top ten cornerback in the NFL his rookie season. That just doesn't happen. That's not normal. Um, so I, I like I don't mean this in a bad way, TK, but like Patrick Sertan, amazing rookie season last year. Don't I, do I it. Have, don't do I, it. I, I wouldn't have said he was a top ten corner during his rookie year. That's how good Sauce Gardner. I think he's having an even better rookie season than Patrick Sertan, which is a compliment. To Sertan and to Sauce, it's just showing how good Sertan has been. You just had to go there, bro. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be an insult. I mean, hey, man, Patrick Sertan had a great rookie season. But look, look, honestly, you, you're probably not wrong. Maybe I'm being biased, but you're probably not wrong, bro. Sauce Gardner is just, bro, he's just extremely special, man. And honestly, if he would have fell in, in, in on that Giants defense, that could have been something special, bro. Um, but yeah, man, um... The Jets going in there and, and, and getting a win against the Bills, who was the number one offense, who was the number one uh, team in the AFC. They're still number one, so that's just tied with the Chiefs now. Cough, cough. Um, yeah, man. If anybody anybody else want to talk about how, how, how good the Jets and Zach Wilson actually had a good game yesterday against this quote unquote stout defense. Um, anybody want to anybody want to talk about it? Go ahead, Gianni. Uh, I want to jump in. Go ahead. Um, that that team. Um, Sneaky good, honestly. I don't think they can sneak on on a- anybody really because I think they made a big statement um, this past Sunday. Um, that's a team that has a formula that that can win a lot of games and could be a dangerous type team for the playoffs because the one thing they do is play great defense, they run the ball pretty well, and their quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. So that's really like, honestly, they have a Pretty good team overall, honestly. Um, Desi, I know you want to say something, so go ahead, yes, please. Yes, I do, because I understand. The Jets, I've, I haven't counted the Jets out all, all season. I knew when we went into this game, it wasn't going to be a blowout because the Jets have a great defense. I've said this countless times before. But to sit up here and act like that game was more about the Jets being good than um, about uh, more about the Bills being bad is crazy to me. We played terrible yesterday, and I wouldn't sit up here and tell y'all it's because of the Jets, because we looked bad last last week against Green Bay. Come on now, we're not going to do that. The Jets, they look good, but to say that Zach Wilson does not turn over the ball, that's a lie. And it was but here's my thing. What? Here's my thing, though, Desi. Here's my thing, all right? What? Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL, in your words, right? Uh-huh. So why could it? So He's why could the best quarterback? Why couldn't the best quarterback in the NFL pull out a win against a young defense? I don't understand. He had a bad game. His offensive line sucks. That's that's how he's hurt now because his offensive line. Kessenberry okay. is the reason Josh Allen's elbow is messed up right now. I'm just saying the Bills are 0-2 in their division, by the way. And I just, know that. Don't... But I don't I don't really too much care about that Miami loss. For the simple fact we had 11 <laughs> players out in that game, and Miami only put up 21 points, and we lost by two. So I don't, I'm, just, I'm not really too afraid of that. I'm going to just say this, sweetheart, and I'm going to end it here. I'm going to end it here. Josh Allen, you know, like you said, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, PC, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a guy named uh, Patrick Mahomes, right, that also had some offensive line issues during his game yesterday to the point where he had to go 68 passes, sweetheart. Um, but you know the difference between him and Josh Allen is he was able to pull out a win. And this is why Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback 
in the NFL. And ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, um, I'm going to go ahead and end the tier list. Uh, shout out to everybody going ahead and giving their thoughts and their takes on the uh, tier list this week. Um, and we'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. All right, Sean. It's time to make me happy and move on to some college football talk. It's time for TFB talk with Sean. And Sean, go ahead and praise my Tigers. You have to. You just have to. No, I mean, the LSU Tigers, huge upset win over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Moved them up a ton of spots in the rankings. Full credit to them. I doubted them. I'm not going to lie. I did not think LSU was going to come away from this game. In fact, after week one, where LSU lost to Florida State, I, I thought LSU was cooked this year. I thought this was going to be an absolutely terrible year from them. Uh, I'm, I want to apologize. I was wrong about LSU this, this season. They went from, from me expecting them to be Maybe, like, I don't know, an eight-win team, barely competed for a bowl game, uh, to being a top-ten ranked team. Uh, I don't know what to say, but shout-out to the LSU Tigers. They surprised me. LSU surprised all of us. Um, And with that, they completely just scrambled up the top-ten AP polls. Um, So let's review a little bit, Sean. Uh, You had number one, Tennessee, and I think they came back down to earth when they went into Georgia. Uh, number three, Georgia, and they they lost twenty seven to thirteen. That the offense it uh, it got humbled very quickly, um, you know. But now we haven't seen the new polls for this week. Um, I'm not sure when they're coming out. I'm assuming they came out uh, tonight, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, if you had to make a top six right now for a college football playoff, Sean, what teams are you placing where? Because Alabama, Alabama can't be can't be six anymore. We're, we're, Alabama's out of the equation, which is crazy to say. So well, who's your top six? So are you asking who do I think is going to be the top six when the season ends? Or if right now, if the season ended right, right now. now. Okay. Right now, Georgia, obviously number one. No question. They have the best resume, undefeated. No question. Ohio State, number two. Once again, strong uh, up there, strongest resume. They've dominated. They're undefeated. Number three, I'm going to go with Michigan. They're, like, similar to Ohio State. Like, this isn't a one-team conference anymore. Michigan's up there, and they have a very good chance of winning the Big Ten. And so right now I'd have them three, but they, they could go up even higher if they can win the conference. Number four, I know they lost this last week. and then Hooker didn't look very good. The entire team didn't look very good. But I still think it's Tennessee. You beat Alabama, you have one loss, and it's versus Georgia. Like, that's going to keep you up there at the top of the rankings. They are still my number four team. Um, they're the current favorites to win the Big 12. Um, there's a couple other teams in there. They play Texas next week, which is a very good team. That could give them some trouble. But if they are able to escape that with a win, they're honestly probably a lock for the playoffs if they can come out next win with a W and if they continue to go undefeated and win their conference. That leaves number six is probably the toughest one to clear. I'm a little upset that you did a, made me do a top six. You're you're panting your chest, and I think I'm, I think I'm going to you know do you a solid. I think I'm going to go with PC's Oregon Ducks. Uh, what did I say about Tennessee? They have a strong resume. They lost one game, but it's to the number one Georgia. You have to give credit if your only loss is to the number one seed in the entire country. So I'm going to give the same kind of credit to Oregon. Um, they, they only lost to Georgia, and it was in week one, and they have not won a single game since. They've beat their competition. They've had good matchups, and they are probably the current favorites to win the Pac-12. It's, uh, it probably comes down to them or USC. 
Yeah, that's going to be a big game. I'm very excited for that because I'm a big fan of USC's offense this season. So I'm very excited to watch that. But for now, the season we're to end today, I would have your Oregon Ducks at number six. That just warms my heart because not not only because it's my Oregon Ducks, but, you know, they've been stuck at eight now for the past couple of weeks. You know, they haven't been anybody like particularly strong, but, you know, giving, you know, considering who's lost this week, you know, yeah, Clemson lose to Notre Dame, Alabama lost to LSU, Tennessee lost to Georgia. There's going there's bound to be a huge, huge change in the top 10, especially I would expect Oregon to move up because they they handled their business against Colorado this past week. Um, so you know, with that all in mind, um, you know we're we're getting close towards the end of the season. Who who is your outright favorite right now? What team are you looking at that is really making you think like this team is going to win it all? Yeah, I mean the team I had at number one in there is. I don't like to say this. I'm not a Georgia guy. I don't want to see them win. But yeah, no, right, right now my prediction is absolutely Georgia going back-to-back. Uh, they impressed me so much with their win against Tennessee. They're playing two f- possibly first-round wide receivers. They have Kelly Ringo. Everyone knows that. He's an absolute stud. But one of the biggest questions for Georgia this season is how are the rest of their cornerbacks going to hold up? And there's two very talented wide receivers. They held up perfectly fine. Hennon Hooker came into this game as the Heisman favorite, and they knocked him on his ass. Uh, repeatedly, they were giving pressuring him all night. They were locking up their wide receivers, and it's just got to be Georgia. And their offense has done what it's needed to do. Stetson Bennett's not as good as I thought he would be after week one, because after week one, he was looking great. He's definitely cooled down a bit, but he's doing what he needs to do to lead this offense to win and the team to Ws. That's all I I have for. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody else has any questions for Sean. Okay, Desi, uh, anything you guys want to ask? Penn State is. You're not gonna talk about Penn State. I mean, right. you're not gonna talk about Penn State, Sean. Are you serious? Oh, oh. We're, we're talking about the top team. Tola, I don't know why you want me to talk yeah. about Penn State. So I guess. Shut okay. up. Okay. Okay. DK, have a question. Sean. Yeah. Yeah, so, Desi. Or let Desi yeah, ask first. Not yeah. Let Desi ask first. SEC championship. Yeah, I, I think so. I do think LSU is going to make the SEC championship. I don't think they're going to win it. In fact, I would hey, put their chance. Look, yeah, get, get getting there is still an accomplishment. There is no hate in getting there, but I, I would be very surprised if they were to beat Georgia. If they beat Georgia, they're in the playoffs, no question. I don't think that's going to happen, but a SEC championship, after where the expectations were heading into the season and after the first few weeks, still a great accomplishment. So I guess my question is going to be um... – you know, I'm an Ohio State and Clemson fan right now until the end of the season when I finally decide which team I'm going to ride with for, you know, the rest of my college football fan career, I guess. So talk about Clemson, man. What 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 happened, bro? What the hell happened? Like, what does this mean for their playoff chances? I mean, they're probably, there's no chance they probably make the playoffs. No, no chance they get back. Wait, what? Oh, wait, is there a chance? Go ahead. I wouldn't say, like, zero chance. Like, they were, like, a very high-ranked team in coming into this game. Losing is absolutely a huge loss, and it's going to knock them down quite a few rankings. If they can go on to win the ACC, who who's even there? UNC. They would probably have to be UNC. They get some luck. TCU has to lose. Um, You probably need Oregon to lose a game. I, I wouldn't say it's 0% chance. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I'm not loving their chances, but I'm not going to say 0% chance. So, basically, they can win out and get some luck. So basically, yeah, there you go. So a lot of things would have to happen their way yeah, in. They absolutely. have to win out. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that was really my only question. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not. I mean, shout out. I guess shout out to Desi and, and our LSU Tigers. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't expect um, them to be Alabama, bro. I'm honestly shocked. Both notable games that are going to be on this Saturday in the primetime slot: ABC, some thirty, number seven TCU taking on number twenty-four Texas, probably the biggest game of the week. Uh, number three Georgia, as stands right now, number three Georgia taking on Mississippi State. You have number eight Oregon taking on Washington. Um, and then you have number six, Alabama, taking on number 11, Old Miss. Um, so that's going to be a game to keep our eyes on because Alabama, if they want any chance at even sneaking into the college football playoffs, uh, they have to handle their business there. So cannot wait. See you at B-Talk. We'll be back next week to discuss more college football. And yeah, just one quick thing. You mentioned that Alabama-Old um, Miss game. Desi, like, I do think LSU is going to make the SEC championship, but they're not in the clear yet. Ole Miss is currently fighting them for that spot. So, you know, you, you should be rooting for – I know it's hard to do, but you should be rooting for Alabama this week. Yeah, we already beat them. I feel like that's just old news to me. We're going to win out. I don't see nobody that's left on our schedule that's going to beat us. We're going to win out. So. Yeah, not- it's definitely looking likely. But just to secure things a little bit more, yeah, an Ole Miss loss would be huge for LSU. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's it for CFB Talk. Let's move on to our last, well, not our last segment, full last segment, which is my favorite segment, and that is the hot takes. But before we get started on ours, PC, can you go ahead and play our WHS fan hot take of the week? Absolutely. Uh, if you want to send your fan hot take for the show, make sure you DM us on our personals. Check out our podcast socials as well. Little clue submissions will always pick the best one that's going to spark a conversation within the crew. So, if you want that, give us a good hot take. I'm going to play a bad hot take for you guys now. Hey, this is Trey, and I'm from Louisiana, but my sports team is the Celtics. And this is the We Hate Sports Hot Take of the Week. And my hot take is I don't think Luca will win more than maybe one ring in his career. He might be lucky to win one, but he won't get multiple, especially not in Dallas. I mean, it's really yeah. going to depend on it's really going to depend on what they get around. If if they get players around Luca, maybe I do think Luca will at least win one. I agree with him on that part. He'll at least get one. Um, Luca's too special to not get a ring. Um, but yeah, man, it's really going to depend on the organization and what they and what they and if they build around Luca, man. Because I, honestly, I agree with him. With that roster that they have in there in Dallas right now, there's no chance. Yeah, you know, Dirk only won one, so. I expect Luca to win at least one. Um, I, I can understand his his reasoning if you think about it that way. So I, I don't think this hot take is that far fetched. But uh, yeah, I mean, Luca winning one, he's he is talented enough to win more than one. Um, but like TK said, yeah, I get pieces around him, and right now he, I still even now I don't think he has that. Right now for our first hot take of the week, Okay, um, my hot take is about the AFCs. Um, now with Josh Allen um, kind of basically going to be shelved for a month, basically, because that's a UCL injury that I think technically they, they usually, quarterbacks usually miss a month if it's not torn. So um, I feel like in the AFC is a close battle. It's just a half game between basically the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills. 
I think the Jets are going to win the AFC East if Josh Allen is out for a month or more. And I'm going to give you guys my reason why I picked them over the Dolphins. The Dolphins, I understand how great their offense is right now. But the thing that was eye-opener for me, and you guys, I don't know if you guys pay attention, their defense is giving up close to 29 points per game. Honestly, when I saw them, it, 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 it's, just, it's just crazy that they're 6-3. and three. It's mainly because of Tua and that offense and Waddle and Hill. Um, it just shows how special they are. But I, I feel like the Jets, their schedule kind of um, gets a little easier. Plus, they're playing um, some – they played some good teams um, lately. And now their schedule is going to, you know, soften up a little bit. But I think the Jets have a chance in that division. And if Josh Allen is out for a month, their schedule is tough. The Bills. They play the Vikings. I think they play um, the Jets again. They play the Patriots. They play the, the Dolphins again. It, it just doesn't get easier from here and up. Oh, and they play, you know, the Vikings now. It's coming week. So it doesn't get easier for the Bills. We have to see where Josh Allen, but if Josh Allen is out for a month or so, I think the Jets have a chance to win the division. All right. Y'all keep talking like this is solidified. We don't know that yet. We're playing we're praying for the best. All right. Next is Sean. What's your hot take, Sean? I'm gonna give credit to Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. My hot take of the week is the Seattle Seahawks are going to make the NFC championship. First half of the, not even first half, the first few weeks of the Seahawks, the Seahawks were a fun team with a great offense with Geno balling out, and they were just fun to root for. It was a decent team that, that was just a lot of fun to watch. The last few weeks, last four or five weeks or so, their defense has taken another level. They've changed up their scheme a lot. They've been playing their rookies more. Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, not, not the, obviously the legendary Laker Kobe Bryant, the rookie Seahawks corner, nickel corner Kobe Bryant. Um, they've both been absolutely balling out of this world. Their defensive line, Ochenna Nwosu, he's been one of the most underrated edge rushers in the season. Their linebackers have been good. The safeties, even after losing Jamal Adams for the season, have been doing their job. Their defense went from one of the worst in the league. Like we were talking about, it was the Seahawks and the Lions as the bottom two defenses. Seahawks have completely turned it around to being one of the best defenses in the NFL. Legion of Boone might be back, and we already know how dangerous their offense is. Geno Smith. MVP-level quarterback, Kenneth Walker, Rookie of the Year, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, everyone knows how good those two are. The Seahawks aren't just fun anymore. They are legitimately a great team, and I think they're going to ride this momentum all the way to the NFC Championship. All right, next hot take comes from Heath. All right, so for my hot take this week, it's about Frank Wright. Uh, I said earlier, I don't think he's a bad head coach. Um... I was very keen on, on making him, you know, OC around the league. Um, you know, one option I had was for him to come back to the Eagles because I think our current OC right now, Shane Steichen, is personally going to be a head coach next year. Um, but I'm going I'm to stick with my initial take about Frank Wright. I think he's going to become the next head coach for the Carolina Panthers. You know, Frank Wright, for all that's worth, he gave the Eagles Nick Sirianni and he gave the Bears Matt Eberflew. You know, so in his short tenure as head coach for the Colts, you know, he had a little personal family tree. Um, and it was of 
you know, I, I think pretty good head coaches. Um, so you get Frank Wright in there. He knows how to make guys good. Um, you know, he knows what good head coaches look like. Um, and, you know, you, you give him a good OC, you give him a good DC, a complete reset in terms of the coaching in Carolina. Add that to, you know, the high draft pick that they'll have that they'll probably spend on, you know, Shroud or Bryce. Um, I think the future is bright in Carolina. And it starts with getting a head coach actually knows what they're doing in there um, and Frank Wright. So that's my hot take. Frank Wright, next head coach for the Carolina Panthers. All right, next, Tolu. I'm going to keep an NFL here. And by the way, Sean, your Mickey Mouse Miami Heat just lost to Josh Hart, a man that plays Fortnite all day. Anyways, I'm going to keep it NFL. We're going to talk about them stupid Pittsburgh Steelers. My hot take is going to be the Steelers might be the new Browns of the AFC North. You know how the Browns were, you know, sucked the past couple decades. The Steelers are going to be that. Like, they're going to be that plus Maybe a little better because they still got Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. But other than that, the Steelers are going to be the Browns of the next decade because they're drafting their O-line is terrible. Absolutely terrible. First, they go Najee Harris in the first round. You already know it's already a red flag picking a running back in the first round unless it's a generational talent like Saquon Barkley. But they pick Najee Harris. With no O-line. And not only that, Najee Harris had a promising rookie season. But this season, he just looks so bad. He looks trash. And then after you and then after you pick a 24-year-old Kenny Pickett with no upside. The only upside, the only reason I guess they pick Kenny Pickett is because he played in Pitt. And and the only reason why Kenny Pickett was even a first-round pick was Jordan Addison, who is absolutely flourishing in UNC, by the way. So you pick Kenny Pickett over Malik Willis, by the way, who was bowling last night, bowling against the Kansas City Chiefs. So not only you pick the quarterback who's older and has no upside whatsoever, that's your end. That's your quarterback that you're going to roll with in the future? Really? Kenny Pickett? Kenny picked off Pickett that has more interceptions than touchdowns, and I don't even want to hear, oh, it's his rookie season. Stop. Stop. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Mike Tomlin, yes, he's a generational coach, but this Steelers, uh, this Steelers team is probably the worst Steelers team I've ever seen, and I've seen some pretty bad Steelers teams. The Steelers are going to be the Browns of the next decade in the NFC in the AFC North because they stink. All right. Last but not least, TK. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the second half of the NFL season officially. Um, we're officially eight games out from week nine coming up. Um, I'm going to talk about my Broncos. All right. So we're three and five right now. All right. And I just want everybody to hear me out. It's called a hot take for a reason. Yeah, you got to be spicy, caliente. All right. So my take is going to be that the my, that the Denver Broncos, my Denver Broncos, are going to finish the second half of the season seven and one, 
to get into the playoffs at 10 and 6. And we're losing the first round. We're losing the first round because we're not there yet. But I believe that Hackett has finally figured it out. Hopefully, hopefully he's figured it out at least. If not, Sean Payton, you're on the way. But if Hackett, I'm hoping I'm hoping Hackett has finally figured it out. Um, we can finally get the ball rolling with Russ. Because again, ladies and gentlemen, Russ is not Russ. It's just uh, the, the the scheme is just is it's just not working. And I'm glad that Hackett finally figured it out at least for a game. So hopefully he can continue to figure this out. And, and my hot take is going to be the second half of the season. The Denver Broncos are going to finish the season seven and one to go ten and six, get into the first round of the playoffs, and probably absolutely get destroyed. But at least we got to the playoffs. You're optimistic, man, TK. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I appreciate the optimism. All right, guys. We've Thank you, PC. Somebody's got to do it. Bro. We've officially reached our last segment of the pod, and that is Cam's monologue. So, Cam, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. Episode 98 uh, officially closing the book on it. Um. We're two episodes away from 100, y'all. I don't know if y'all know this, but um, it's been a long time coming for us. Um, so I want to thank everyone for coming out this week. Of course, stay hydrated, call up one, tell them that you love them. Follow our Twitter and IG at WHS underscore podcast and our YouTube and TikTok at We Hate Sports. Um, the plan, the initial plan, this is what we did for episode 50. Um, we're most likely going to take a little bye week to prepare ourselves for 100 um so excuse me you'll hear episode 99 next week um and you'll probably hear like um you'll probably hear our 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 picks for weeks 11 and 12 for pick them um you know so we're we're caught up at least in that aspect and then for tk list episode 100 um you'll hear you know him give like a super size edition of it um you know so that'll be a nice little change of pace uh as said right now episode 100 is the last monday of november which i believe is the 28th um so yeah get your popcorn ready tell your friends tell your family tell your family tell your 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 uh your friends of the family. Tell your bus driver. Tell your maid. Tell your uh I don't know. Give me some occupations here, guys. Tell tell your uh your teacher uh, your teachers or classmates there your you friends go. your family members everybody Thank just you. everybody tell everyone episode one hundred is coming soon is very near um yeah I really had nothing much else to say uh other than you know. What we've been through as a podcast, um, most people give up on it. Um, and yes, our, I guess, quote unquote, big break hasn't happened yet. But uh, the passion has always been there since episode one with uh, this crew. And we've gained people, we've lost people. But the term we hate sports stays the same at heart. We all actually hate sports. It's a bit of an ironic twist. But we are passionate enough to say that, you know, when our teams disappoint us, there's love for them at the end of the day. So when we hate them, quote unquote, we don't really hate them. We love our teams, but they do piss us off at times. Most in our case, most of the time. Yeah. 
because we got Laker fans here, got Sixers fans here, Philly fans here, Eagle fans, Bills fans. Yeah, nobody's ever safe. So, um, Heat fans, I mean, for goodness sake, poor Sean Gianni, they got Josh Hart pin game winners, you know, against them. So, yeah, we hate sports, man. But that's it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week for episode 99. Um, yeah, that's all I got. PC signing off. I don't know how I'm going to get rid of the the stain that the stress ball left when it exploded. Like, it, it's very hard to get out. I don't know what this is that that comes from a stress ball. If anybody knows what's inside of, like, stress balls, let me know. Especially, like, one this big. Because it's it's not what y'all think it is. It really isn't. It's too thick for that. Oh God! Are you Jamaicans, brother? It's it, it, but it is. It is. It is. Like it went from creamy to thick to now it's like what? What are we doing here? Is, is this a kid show anymore? Oh, like, do we have? Kids? We're never a kid show. <laughs> is this you a know family show? Is, is this a is this a family podcast anymore? PC? Like, can families listen to this anymore? Like, is that the endeavors that we're going into next? Like, I, just let us uh, know these things, bro. Ah, uh, goodbye.